Oh, there it goes. Okay. okay. Sorry, so I did it again. Okay. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to worship today. It's great to be with you all once again in God's house to worship, to receive his gifts of word and sacrament today. Please stand and let's greet each other today in the name of the Lord. And members, as always, if you see people that you don't know or don't recognize or haven't seen in a while, please go say hi and welcome them to Trinity today. Good morning and welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, right, Missouri. So as you are taking your seats, let's open our worship today with a word of prayer. <clears throat> Lord Jesus, we thank you for this day, for this Lord's Day. And Lord, we ask that as we worship you here, most especially as we receive from you your very gifts, we ask that you would be with us, be very near to us. We thank you that you are Emmanuel, that you promise to be God with us. And now, Lord, uh, we ask that you would give us a zeal for your house of worship here. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Please stand. And so we begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our help is in the name of the Lord. Amen. If you, O Lord, kept a record of sin, O Lord, who could stand? Since we are gathered here, God's word, call upon him in prayer and praise and Receive the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ in the fellowship of this altar. Let us first consider our unworthiness and confess before God and one another that we have sinned in thought, word, and deed, and that we cannot free ourselves from our sinful condition. Together as his people, let us take refuge in the infinite mercy of God, our Heavenly Father, seeking his grace for the sake of Christ and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins. 
So then in the stead and by the command of our Lord Jesus Christ, I therefore forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our opening hymn today is, This is the Day the Lord Has Made, found on page 903 in the Lutheran Service Book. Again, This is the Day the Lord Has Made, page 903. And our broadcast today is sponsored by Brianna and Michelle in honor of their parents, Orville and Doris Meyer, for their 63rd wedding anniversary on November 11th. You who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. Why should the nations say, Our God is in the heavens? Their idols are silver and gold. Those who make them become like them. The dead do not praise the Lord. But we will bless the Lord. You who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Living God, your almighty power is made known chiefly in showing mercy and pity. Grant us the fullness of your grace to lay hold of your promises and live forever in your presence. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Please be seated. Just a word about the Old Testament lesson. Uh, when studying Old Testament lessons, we have all the prophets. And whenever you see the word, behold, as you will hear in this lesson two times, what you need to think of, that word is used when God is about to do something very powerful that only God can do. So look for the word behold, and then think, God is about to do something, or it's something he's done. And this trans- goes on as we get closer into the Christmas season. And children, pay special attention to this, because we use this in the lesson in a little bit. So Exodus chapter 3, beginning at the first verse. Now, Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Midian, And he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses. Moses. And he said, Here I am. Then he said, Do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. And he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt, and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their sufferings, and I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, and the Hevites, and the Jebusites. And now, behold, the cry of the people of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come, I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Egypt, my people out of, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? He said, But I will be with you, and this shall be the sign for you, that I have sent you. When you brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Then Moses said to God, If I come to the people of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they asked me, what is his name? What should I t- say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel. The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. And thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. This is the word of our Lord. 
These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. Blessed are those whose strength is in you. The Trinity Choir will now have today's open, or hymn, and they are singing Melody of Tap, Samaritan Beautiful, and National and Military Hymns in honor of Veterans Day. They are led by Carol McIntyre.
Can we have the children come forward for the children's message, please? And bring your mighty mites. The children's message today is named, What is a Name? And it will be given by Bruce Sletton. Again, what's in a name? Turn around and face this way when you can. Okay. All right. Uh, this first part has absolutely nothing to do with the children's message. I'll just tell you up front. But I wanted to set the, set the tone here. <clears throat> what does that say? Now, why in the world, when I put on a piece of paper... 45 days. You know what happens 45 days from now? Anybody? Huh? It's going to be Christmas. I would have thought you'd have figured this out by now. Aren't you marking the calendar? 45 days? Well, I am. 45 days until Christmas. Pretty special. Well, today uh, we're going to talk about What's in a name? We all have a first name. We all have a last name. How many of you have a middle name? What's your middle name? Alvin? Conley? Okay. Nicole? Lee? That's my wife's middle name. Hope? Jacob. Now that's a dandy middle name for a pastor's son. <laughs> well, we all know our first name and we act, react to it. Uh, here's the thing that I learned as a youngster about your age. Whenever my mom or dad said my first name and my middle name at the same time, you did not want to hear that. Bruce Eugene, guess what? That meant I was what? In trouble, yeah. Now I have to tell you, to be completely honest, I heard that quite a few times. But you perk up when you hear this middle name, your first name and your middle name. Well, there's some other names that are really kind of unique and special. We think of people in the, in the Bible, Elizabeth. Her name means God's promise. Mary means love. Here's one we're going to be singing a lot and talking about a lot here in the next days leading up these 45 days. Emmanuel. Do you know what that means? Almost. God with us. Emmanuel. We sing this in the, in the great songs that we'll be singing for Christmas time. God with us. Well, in the Old Testament lesson today, we get a little preview of this. Kind of an interesting story, isn't it? Moses is out tending the sheep, the flocks, uh, of his father-in-law, Jethro. And he's just out there watching the sheep. And he looks over, and he sees this bush over here. And it appears to be on fire. But 
The bush isn't burning up, but there's this great blaze in it. So he says, well, I'm going to go over and check this out. It's kind of unusual. So he walks over there, and next thing you know, he hears God's voice speak to him. And he tells him and gives him the idea that who he is. And so he tells him that he's going to use Moses to lead his people out of captivity. And Moses, of course, like, oh, I don't know about this. So he says, well, what if they asked me who sent me? And remember in the lesson we just read? He says, you tell them I am who I am. You tell them I am sent you. That's God's name. And we thank God and praise God every Sunday, just like we'll do when we do the prayers of the church towards the end of the service. We call God by many names. God of creation. God of love. God of great blessing. God of forgiveness. So what's in a name? Pretty powerful. Remember, when you hear your first name and your middle name, be prepared. Right? Yeah. So let's thank God for all this great news about great names. Dear Jesus, we thank you for our names. And we thank you for your name, Emmanuel. We love you, Lord. Amen. Okay, go on back to your pews. The epistle reading comes from 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Now, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered together to him, we ask you, brothers, not to be quickly shaken in mind or alarm, either by a spirit or a spoken word, or a letter seeming to be from us to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. Let no one deceive you in any way. The day will not come unless rebellion comes first. The man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction, who opposes all and exalts himself against every so-called God or object of worship, so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, proclaiming himself to be God. Do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things? And you know what is restraining him now, so that he may be revealed in his time? The mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains it will do so until he is out of the way. And then the lawlessness, the lawless one, will be revealed. And the Lord Jesus will kill with the breath of his mouth and bring to nothing but the appearance of his coming. We ought always to give thanks to God for you, brothers beloved by the Lord, because God chose you as the first fruits to be saved through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth. So this he called you through our gospel, so that you may obtain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So then, brothers, stand firm and hold to the traditions that you were taught by us, either by our spoken word or by our letter. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and gave us eternal comfort and good hope through grace, comfort your hearts. Establish them in every good work and word.
This is the word of our Lord. Please stand. There came to Jesus some Sadducees, those who deny that there is a resurrection. And they asked him a question, saying, Teacher, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies, having a wife but no children, the man must take the widow and raise up offspring for his brother. Now there were seven brothers. The first took a wife and died without children, and the second and the third took her, and likewise all seven left no children and died. Afterward, the woman also died. In the resurrection, therefore, whose wife will the woman be? For the seven had her as wife. And Jesus said to them, The sons of this age marry and are given in marriage. But those who are considered worthy to attain to that age and to the resurrection from the dead, neither marry nor are given in marriage, for they cannot die any more, because they are equal to angels and are sons of God, being sons of the resurrection." But that the dead are raised, even Moses showed, in the passage about the bush where he calls the Lord the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. Now he is not God of the dead, but of the living, for all live to him. Then some of the scribes answered, Teacher, you have spoken well, for they no longer dared to ask him any questions. This is the word of our Lord. Please be seated. The hymn of the day is Immortal, Invisible, God Only Wise, found on page number 802 of the Lutheran Service Book. Again, Immortal, Invisible, God Only Wise, page 802.
Dear Lord, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours this morning from God our Father and through the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for this morning's message is from the Old Testament lesson that was just read, Exodus chapter 3, in which Moses encounters a bush that is on fire, but is in fact not burning. As I got to thinking about this text and about this message, for some reason the movie The Wizard of Oz came to mind, and I'm sure all of you have seen that, and if you haven't, one day you probably will. It's a classic And perhaps the most famous scene in that movie is when finally Dorothy and the Tin Man and the Scarecrow and the Cowardly Lion, after everything that they have been through, they finally get to the castle where the wizard lives. And then when they finally get inside of the castle, there's this horse that changes colors and there's all of this kind of this crazy stuff happening, you know, going around. They have to get ready. They have to get their haircuts and everything else. And then they finally get up to the door, right? This big giant door. But they can't go in. He says, no, you're going to have to come back later. And so they get really sad, and the cowardly lion, you know, puffs up his chest. He says, well, I'm going to go in. And so they finally, they finally get through the doors. And they go down this really, really long hallway that is very, that is very foreboding, right? And very, very intense and, and very scary. And then they finally come face to face with the wizard. And he is this big head that doesn't have any hair. Kind of like mine. Take that however you want. And they finally come to the great and wonderful and powerful Wizard of Oz. But in order for the wizard to do what they want him to do, which is to send Dorothy back home, they, they have to go do something. And they have to go get the broomstick of the Wicked Witch of the West. Okay, fine. So they go and they go through all of this. And then they finally get the, the broomstick of the Wicked Witch of the West. And they bring it back to the Wizard of Oz. And what does he tell them? Come back. Tomorrow, after everything that they have been through, he tells them that what they've done is still not yet good enough, and to come back tomorrow. And it got me to thinking that there are a lot of other religions currently in this world that are a lot like that. And I kind of wrote down some of them, and I did a little bit of research, too, just to make sure that I was was right and what I was saying was correct. Hinduism. Hinduism is what I would call a do religion. And in order to, what, what they believe is that in order for you to get released from this cycle of death and rebirth, you have to be as good of a person as you can possibly be. You have to unconditionally surrender yourself to God. And the only way that you can do that is by being as good of a person as you can possibly be. And if you haven't attained that status, if you haven't gotten there yet, you just keep going through this cycle of birth and rebirth again and again and again and again until finally the um, God has decided that you have done enough good things in order to get out of this cycle. Islam. 
Islam is very similar as well. In order for you and I to get to paradise, we must qualify. And, in the, and the only way for us to qualify is if God qualifies us. And the only way that God qualifies us is if, you guessed it, is if you are, if you and I are as good of moral people as we can possibly be. Because doing good things and enough of them and being a nice enough person is the only way that God approves of you. Let me just say, I, I'm glad that I'm not a Muslim. Because that would be hard. That would be impossible to do. And of course, you could also be somebody who is called an agnostic, somebody who believes that God is just, some, is just up there and he doesn't really care about what is going on down here with his creation. Pretty much a worthless God. And then if you, kept, and if, if you sort of keep going down the ladder, you could also be somebody who doesn't believe in any God at all. You could be an atheist and, and, and not believe in any sort of higher power. And that we're all here by chance and that when you and I die, that's just it. We just sort of expire. And there's nothing. There's no heaven. There's no hell. There's just nothing. Which leads me to Moses and the burning bush. This is a fascinating story. Moses is a shepherd, and he is tending the flock of his father-in-law, just as he is supposed to do. And then he, he goes west, I think is what it says. He led his flock to the west side of the wilderness, and he comes to Mount Horeb, which is Mount Sinai. And at Mount Sinai, he encounters something that he has never seen before, that something that you or I have never seen before. And I've mentioned in this space before, the English doesn't do it justice what Moses is actually feeling. He goes and he sees this bush that is on fire, but is not burning. And his reaction is something like, What? It's not burning! Now, the English puts it really, really proper, right? He says, well, I will turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. No! What is going on? Why is it not burned up? Why, why is it not consumed? So he is, his mind is completely blown. And then in verse 4, I'm sorry, in verse uh, 2, an, it says that an angel of the Lord was in the midst of the bush. But then if you go down to verse 4, it says, When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses, and he said, Here I am. Many scholars and many pastors, this one included, believe that this is the pre-incarnated Jesus that is talking to Moses. And the reason for that, there are actually three reasons for that. Number one, because it is, it, it is God who is doing the talking out of what? Out of a tree. Jesus would later be crucified on a tree. And then if we go a little bit further, 
If you go to verse 12, Moses is kind of going on, and, and, or, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, God is explaining to Moses what he is going to do. And then in, in verse 12, I'm sorry, verse 11, Moses says to God, Well, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? And what does God say? He said, But I will be with you. And of course, what does Emmanuel mean? God with us. It doesn't end there. If we skip down to verse 14, so Moses, this whole conversation is really funny. So Moses is just trying to get out of this. He doesn't want anything to do with it. He just wants to be a shepherd. He wants to go along and do whatever it is that he was doing. He wants nothing to do with this great and miraculous mission that God has in store for him. So he keeps asking God and keeps trying to get out of it. He says, well, okay, so if I go down there and I have this grand message and I'm going to do this wonderful thing and if people ask me who was it that sent you, what am I supposed to tell them? And God, of course, responds with his name. I am who I am. Remember in the Gospel of Matthew, when Jesus comes to his disciples walking on the water, and the disciples are freaking out, and they think it's a ghost, they think it's a spirit, and then Jesus calls out to them from the water. Do you remember what he says? Fear not, it is I. It is I am. Do not be afraid. So we can say, I think, with 100% certainty, that it is the pre-incarnate Jesus that is speaking to Moses out of this bush. Well, let's go back to the, the name that God gives him. God reveals his name And the name that he reveals is really, really important. What that name means, when God says, tell them that it is I am, that can be translated as it is I who fulfills what I promised. What I promised. And we can say that with certainty because what is God about to do? He's about to free his people from slavery, and then Pharaoh follows them into the Red Sea, and they think that they are going to be captured. Then what does God do? He not only frees his people, but then he delivers them. Just as he has promised. And then they eventually make it to the promised land, although Moses is not allowed to go, but they eventually make it to the promised land. And so it, 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 I love it when the children's messages just really flow well with my sermon. What's in a name? In this name, it means that it is I who fulfill my promises. And if we think back to the account in Matthew that we just mentioned, where Jesus comes to his disciples walking on the water, again, they're really, really scared. And Jesus says to them, take heart, it is I, I am, do not be afraid. And then he promises them that the Son of Man is going to go to Jerusalem. And at Jerusalem, the Son of Man will suffer and die, and then three days later be raised to life. 
Did he fulfill that promise? Yeah, he did. Christianity is the only religion, and I, I hesitate to even call it, call it that, but for, just for the time being, Christianity is the only religion, it is the only faith in the entire world that can claim that our God actually did for his people what they needed to do in order to be saved. It's the only one. Because every other one, and this was just this list that I gave you before, is just a very small list, but every other one cannot claim that. Because every other one cannot claim to have, a, the, to have the God that we do. Because the God that we do, the God that you have, the God that you are here to worship today, the God that is here ready to give you his gifts of word and sacrament, that God wanted nothing more than to live eternity and eternally with you in heaven. Wrap your mind around that with me for just a moment. The God of the cosmos, the God that created everything, the God that knows everything, he wanted nothing more than to be with you in paradise. That was his goal, that was his mission, and that's what he fulfilled. And he made sure he wasn't going to leave it. And so, again, here's where the separation happens. He didn't leave it to chance, right? He didn't say, well, they need, to, they need to make sure that they follow these Ten Commandments because if they don't, they are going to be in hell where I am not. And so God comes along and says, I know that they cannot fulfill the law, so I'm going to do it for them. Why? Because I want desperately to be in heaven with them because they are mine because they belong to me they don't belong to anybody else I bought them I purchased them they belong to me I created them the Psalms talk about this before before you created me in the womb you knew me and so we did that he did that and so he goes to the cross. And it's neat because these we're, we're getting to the last Sunday of the church year, so you will start noticing the lessons that are read. They, everything is kind of beginning to funnel down to this last Sunday of the church year in which we get to celebrate and talk about the last day, the resurrection. Because on that day, everything will be made right again. And everything will be made new again. Jesus says in that, in that book, in, the, in, in Revelation chapter 21, he says, Behold, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And John says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth where everything that was old has been passed away. Everything that, that was old, that is gone. And all that's left is God and his people and paradise, eternity, just the way that it was supposed to be. And so when God reveals to Moses, when he reveals to us his name, it means everything. 
I am who I am, God says. I am the one who keeps my promise. I am the one who fulfills my promise. Because I want nothing more, God says, than to be in heaven with you. He said that to the thief on the cross, right? This, this thief who was in his last hours, his last hour maybe, and Jesus says, yeah, you, you too. You're coming too. Today you will be, be with me in paradise. And because of the great I am, because his name means I fulfill my promises, we will be in paradise with him who is the great I am, with him who was, at, was in the burning bush. Speaking to Moses. And we will be with him who came to his disciples walking on the water and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand. We now confess together the words of our Christian faith. We do so using the Nicene Creed. It is found printed in the back cover of your hymnal. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty. At this time, we'll gather our tithes and offerings, and the pew that you're in is a red sign-in book. And so whether you are a member or a guest with us this morning, we ask that you would fill that out so that we know that you were here. Uh, and if you are a guest with us, if you would be so kind as to leave us away, whether it be your number or an address, that we might be able to reach you to thank you uh, for coming to worship with us today. We collect our tithes and offerings. The mission of Trinity Lutheran Church 
is the preaching, teaching, baptizing, and sharing the love of Christ in our church, our community, and our world. The radio broadcast is made possible by donations to the radio broadcast ministry of Trinity Lutheran Church. Please contact the church office for how you can help. That number is 417-235-7300. Tomorrow, on Monday, there will be a Veterans Assembly at 2 o'clock in the afternoon at Trinity Lutheran School. All veterans in the surrounding community are invited to come and attend this special assembly, and we thank you for your service to our nation. The new member Sunday is next Sunday, November 17th, with a potluck dinner to follow. We encourage you to come and visit with the new members. Several ladies' Bible studies meet during the week in surrounding areas. For more information, call the church office at 417-235-7300. The Lutheran Hour is our church's witness to the public marketplace. Today's message is for such a downer, and the speaker will be Rev. Dr. Michael Ziegler. The cross of Jesus is not a downer, but it is an equalizer. If you think you're on top and you're pushing others aside, the cross of Jesus will bring you down. And if you're down and desperate for some company, you have a friend in the crucified Jesus. And now we return to the church service for the receiving of the offerings and the beginning of Holy Communion. Please stand for prayer. Uh, what quick, quick word. I was preparing the prayers of the church for today, and as we do every week, uh, we pray for uh, those with anniversaries over a certain number of years. And this morning... It just kind of dawned on me as I was reviewing these prayers. We have Orville and Doris Meyer, 63 years of marriage. And then we have Nolan and Dottie Clybaker, 43. Arlie and Lilietta Meyer, 50. Raymond and Aline Spray, 61. Now, if you add all those together, That's 217 years of marital experience, marriage experience. So any of you younger married couples want some advice about marriage, you look one of these people up. Yeah. So let's go to God with prayer. Let us pray for the whole church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Father, we give you thanks for this day and leading us here so we can worship you. As the beautiful sunrise this morning signals a new day in our lives, your refreshing word gives us strength to live a life filled with joy and hope. Remind us this week that you are a God who keeps his promises. Keep us thankful for the promise of our salvation and the hope we have in the life to come. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for the sick those who struggle with emotional or spiritual issues, those who are hospitalized, those who will be undergoing surgery, those on the road to recovery. We lift up all those in our health list, as well as those we now name in our hearts.
In addition, we have a special prayer for Kimberly Bennett, who will soon be undergoing tests in the hospital. So for all of these, Heavenly Father, you are the great healer and sustainer of life. Be with those who are currently dealing with these conditions or issues, and if it be your will, heal them completely. Use the trials and challenges they face to grow closer to you. Give them a sense of your presence during these difficult times as they reach out to you for comfort. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for our leaders who hold positions of service nationally, in our state and in our local communities. Father, these people have accepted the responsibility of leadership as part of their commitment to serve. Send your Holy Spirit to give them true wisdom, to govern in a way that glorifies your name. Keep them mindful of those who cannot speak for themselves, especially the unborn. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for all the brave men and women who serve in the military, especially those who serve in the most dangerous places. We lift up to you in prayer Christopher Smith, David Hesseman, Luke Sharp, and Derek Moore. And we think of all first responders, police, fire, and emergency personnel. Father, we pray that you will send your guardian angels to watch over them, to protect them against all harm, strengthen and encourage them so they can remain strong and courageous. Lord, in your mercy. We have an opportunity for a special prayer for thanksgiving of new life. Father, we honor you by many names. Today we see your mighty hand at work as the creator of life and the life of Stephanie Haynes, as well as Jennifer and Philip Albert. To the wonderful gift of a new baby girl for each. Continue to be their helper and strength. We look forward to meeting this new, these new children at the baptismal font in the coming weeks. Keep the moms and babies healthy and safe from all harm. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, Heavenly Father, you instituted holy matrimony, blessed and honored it with the presence of your son at the marriage at Cana in Galilee, and even now continue to protect and preserve it. We thank you for the fatherly love and grace which you have bestowed upon Orville and Doris. We're celebrating 63 years of marriage. Nolan and Dottie, we're celebrating 43 years. Arlie and Lilietta Meyer, celebrating 50. And also Raymond and Aline Spray, who will be celebrating 61 years of marriage. Continue to be with them, Lord, until the end of their days, even as you have guided them in the past. Be their health, strength, and refuge in life as they serve as an example to all who honor your blessing of marriage. Lord, in your mercy. God, we honor you today as, and pray to you as the Lord and giver of life. We pray for all those who mourn the loss of a loved one. We lift up the family and friends of Neil Westra, who's recently passed. Neil is now with you, Jesus. He is at last seeing you face to face. We give you thanks for keeping your promise of receiving into your heavenly kingdom all who believe in your promise of salvation through faith. Gracious Fathers, at times that we need you to give those people who grieve an extra measure of your grace and love, comfort them with the assurance that all believers will one day be with you and all the saints as we spend eternity in heaven, where there is no more pain, loneliness, or despair. Lord, in your mercy. And finally, Lord, I offer up a special prayer for this congregation of yours. As you continue to bless us, keep us focused on what's most important in our lives. Help us each to find time to be with you in word, 
spend time in daily prayer, strengthen our hearts for mission, and finally nurture the love we have for you and one another, Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks unto the Lord our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, O Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and everlasting God, for the countless blessings you so freely bestow on us and all creation. Above all, we give thanks for your boundless love shown to us when you sent your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, into our flesh and laid on him our sin, giving him into death that we might not die eternally. Because he is now risen from the dead and lives and reigns to all eternity, all who believe in him will overcome sin and death and will rise again to new life. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, everywhere praising you and singing. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. The Lord's Supper is God's gift for Christians who are properly taught. In communion, we want people to receive Christ's body and blood for their good. This means that as you come to the Lord's table, you affirm with each communicant that Jesus is your Savior and Lord, and with Lutheran Christians, you confess. I recognize and confess that I am a sinner. I repent of my sin and ask God's forgiveness. Satan and death. I believe that the risen Christ is really present in the sacrament and under the form of the bread and wine. I receive his true body and blood for the forgiveness of my sin and the strengthening of my faith in life. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples and said, Take eat, this is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also we took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
The first communion hymn for today will be Rock of Ages, Clef for Me, found on page 761 of the Lutheran Service Book. Again, Rock of Ages, Clef for Me, page number 761.
Please stand. <clears throat> and now may this, our Savior's body and blood, strengthen and preserve you in the one true faith until life that is everlasting. Depart in his peace and joy. Amen. Let us pray. <clears throat> we give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us with this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy that you would strengthen us through the same, in faith towards you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. The closing hymn is My Country, Tis of Thee, found on page 561. Again, My Country, Tis of Thee, page 561.
have just a few announcements before we close with our worship service for today. Uh, if you would like to, for anyone, please join us for a short time of prayer right after worship in the chapel right outside and to the left. Um, next Sunday is New Member Sunday, November the 17th. This is followed by a potluck dinner uh, and cake that we will uh, be celebrating with them uh, as they become members of our church. Um, it is time to schedule communion where care. Say that five times fast. Communion where care. The sign-up sheet will be in the narthex. Uh, I believe it is out there. There are calendars out there, so please sign up for that. Also, please don't forget to pick up the apple pie orders uh, that you have on order. The date is Saturday the 16th. And then tomorrow at our school, our congregation and community is invited to join us for the Veterans Assembly. It's tomorrow at 2 o'clock in the Fellowship Hall. Uh, and speaking of Veterans Day, what we like to do is to recognize uh, all of those in our church who are here today who have either served us in the armed forces or who are currently serving. So if you are one of those people, would you please stand so that we might recognize you and thank you. <clears throat> Thank you very much for your service, and we pray God's continued blessing to be upon you. I believe that is all the announcements that I have for this morning. I pray that you all have a very, very blessed week. It has been our pleasure to bring you this worship service from Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. We pray that you have benefited spiritually from this service and invite you to worship with us next Sunday morning at 10 a.m., if you are not able to be with us in person, we invite you to listen by means of this radio broadcast on www.frystatradio.com. We commend you to the loving care of our gracious Heavenly Father. May His love surround you and His mercy be evident to you in all things. Your announcer has been Carol Kleibaker and we wish you a blessed week.